What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Track Podcast. For the month of January, we are posting an episode every single day at 6 a.m. Central Time. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and review and rate the Budget Track Podcast. That would be very much appreciated. And before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. Social X is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures through weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing events all over the country. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. What's going on, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Trick Podcast, and I am so excited for today's interview. Do you know anyone that's worked with Sir Elton John or Elon Musk, sent people down to see the wreck of the Titanic on the seabed, or closed museums in Florence for a private dinner party and then had Andre Bocelli serenade them while they eat their pasta? You do now. Quoted as the real life Wizard of Oz by Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine, Steve Sims is a best-selling author with Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen, sought-after consultant and a speaker at a variety of networks, groups, and associations, as well as the Pentagon and Harvard twice. Steve, what's going on, man? Hey, glad to be here. Glad to have you on. That is quite a, uh, quite a resume. <laughs> Thank you. Sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I will say, too, you are actually the first person I've had on my podcast with an accent. So my listeners should love listening what, to you. Apart from you. Apart from me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say too, before we get going, so I first met Steve. Well, we, we didn't actually meet face-to-face, but I saw him speak at an event in Vegas, Travis Chapel's event. And my wife was there with me, and you started speaking, and she was like, oh my gosh, I could listen to him talk all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's the accent, it's the accent. So I just gave a, you know, a, a pretty in-depth resume of your life, but... You know, I really want to dive in deep because I know we're short on time of how you actually got started with all this because I know you have a really interesting story of how you actually snuck your way into the entrepreneur scene. Yeah, I don't think it's that interesting. I think, you know, we may be able to name drop, um, but the bottom line of it is it's the same as every other kind of entrepreneur. We don't fit until we fit. I was an East London bricklayer. Saying you're an entrepreneur is saying you're left-handed or right-handed. It's just one of these things that's in you that nine times out of 10, you don't realize is there. I'm actually quite a firm believer that you can't make someone an entrepreneur. You can help someone become more self-sufficient. You can help people become more business smart. But an entrepreneur is, is like you know trying to make a leopard a pig. You just, it just doesn't happen. So growing up, I was dysfunctional. I had ADD. I had lack of focus. You know, being a big, ugly guy, I was bouncing off the walls, getting into trouble because I couldn't find anything to fulfill and challenge me. And so I was a kid with a ton of questions, and I just went out in the world going, jeepers, I've got to find something better than this. There's got to be something out there that's going to, you know, satisfy me before I end up in jail. And I literally just found it in the weirdest place. I found it on the front door of a nightclub. I was working as a doorman because, you know, I mentioned I'm big and ugly. And I just suddenly saw a life of people in nice cars, nice gear, spending thousands of dollars in a, in a booth on champagne. And I'm thinking, 
damn, how can they do that? And I can't. So I started asking them, oh, what do you do? Oh, you know, how did you do this? Or why did you do that? Or why did you get that car? Or, you know, what's that watch? And, you know, why did you buy that? I was the kid with a million questions. And, uh, you know, most of them got ignored or got given silly little answers like, oh, don't worry about that. You can't afford that. You know, those kind of things, which I just let it slide. And I suddenly started to find people that were humble and open enough to just go, oh, I did this. Or, oh, well, this watch is made by this company because there's only 10 in the world because it's made by, you know, virgins in, you know, you know space or something. <laughs> and so I just suddenly started getting a picture of that. And from then, started helping people getting into parties because I would know about the right parties. And I went from literally a party promoter to getting people married in the Vatican by the Pope. But it was the same principle. Find out a problem that someone has and solve it. And that was as primitive as it was. People wanted a good story. They wanted a good cocktail story. They wanted to show off to their, to their friends, to their loved ones, to their business partners. They wanted to get a photograph with someone famous. I was there to make it happen. And without realizing it, we became... Um, the world's leading experiential concierge firm and probably one of the first concierge firms out there. And arrogantly, I would say that we were probably, we were probably at the forefront and responsible for launching the private concierge industry. Ended up working for millionaires and billionaires all over the planet. Launched a book a few years ago on how a bricklayer from London managed to do this with Elon Musk and the Pope. And now I'm publicly speaking, as, as you know, I'm consulting, I'm doing my own events, I have my own uh, Art of Making Things Happen podcast, where I'm out there trying to show entrepreneurs that it's all right being a misfit, you know, we've all got the same struggles, we've all got the same feelings, we've all got the same reactions of, of not fitting in until we do, and that's fine, just understand that, you know, you are that, that, that leopard waiting to run, you just got to find the right platform. Yeah, I love that. I really do love that because you are essentially empowering people who think they're different and not going to make any pain of themselves. And you're saying you can, you just have to believe. But I want to go back to the concierge service. Has there ever been something that you were not able to make happen? So this is where I get arrogant. The answer is no. <laughs> and there's two reasons why the answer is no. The first reason is I've never given a client anything they asked for. Okay, now that sounds weird, but that'll say to me, oh, I wish I could meet this rock star and I'll actually not only get them to meet the rock star, I'll get them to do a drum lesson with him or a guitar lesson with him or get them on stage or get them to do a video before I... I always try to see what can I do that's bigger, bolder and grander than the original request. Now, have I failed on getting some of those bigger, bolder, grander requests? Yes, but the client's never known I've asked for them. So I could turn around to Steven Tyler and go, hey, could you turn up at the doorstep of my client and sing him happy birthday? And, and Steven Tyler's going to go, no, piss off. <laughs> but Steven may turn around and go, well, okay, bring him along to my concert and I'll bring him on stage and sing happy birthday with him on stage. You know, now the client may have only asked for two great tickets to see Steven and go backstage and shake his hand. And I've increased the experience. So I've never failed because I've never tried to give what the clients asked for. Second reason is I kind of have an idea of what's achievable. So if someone says to me, say, hey, I want to I go to space, I'll say, do you have any money? And they go, no. Then I'll go, well, 
I don't think it's going to work. So <laughs> I've become very good at understanding what I can achieve versus never giving someone what they ask for. And even today, you know, if you promise someone a 15-minute phone call, give them a 20-minute phone call. If right. you promise to send someone a book, send a letter inside written out to them. If someone's going to meet you, then do a little video for them ahead of time and say, hey, I'm really excited about it. Go beyond what the person expects. That's how you surpass all of the goals. Right. I mean, the whole premise is under-promising and over-delivering. And Absolutely. I think that's what sets the, the actual players in the entrepreneur game apart from the entrepreneurs, you know, as they say. Yeah. But you mentioned something about promising someone a 15-minute phone call but giving them 20 or 25. Yep. I know when I was at the events, you mentioned how you make people pay you for your time now. And on your website, you charge, I don't remember the dollar amounts, but... 750 bucks for 30 minutes. So, so what's the importance of making people pay for their time with you so that they actually get the most out of it? So it's mindset. If I say to someone, well, let's reverse it, people would be contacting me going, oh, I've got this great idea and I want to do this. If I give it to you for free, then that's the value, okay? Right. So... People don't pay you for 30 minutes. Let's understand something for a start. You're not paying me for 30 minutes. You're paying me for 50 years that it's taken to get to the point of being able to give you a 30-minute conversation. All right? So that's, that's the first thing you've got to understand. You're paying for what I know, not the time we're going to spend on the phone. The second thing is, if you value your project, your time, your money enough to spend it on me, then you're not going to mince around. You're going to be very focused on taking action. Mm. When I started it, and we learn everything from failures. When I started it, I had a ton of people. I'm on about thousands of emails and messages and videos going, Steve, can you help me with this? Can you do that? And I said, you know, yeah, I can. 200 bucks and I'll have a chat with you on the phone. Now, the chat wasn't limited to time. So people were expecting to spend bloody hours on the phone. So right. I had to give a parameter for a start. So I went 30 minutes. And then I noticed a ton of people were saying, oh, okay, I've given you 200 bucks. I want Elton John's home phone number. <laughs> you know, so then you had to kind of like start building those parameters. So then we came up, we realized that the kind of requests we were getting at 200 bucks were different when we increased the price to 500 bucks. And when we increased it further to 750, people action it. Now, bottom line of it is, you imagine how much money could you make and how much time could you save having a conversation with Elon Musk, with oh, yeah. Warren Buffett, with Steve Jobs, Richard Branson. You are paying to save yourself time. So when someone gets on the phone, I, I have a little chat with them for about five or 10 minutes, get to understand them just to say, hey, how are you? And how did you find me? Why did you go this far? Why did you spend your money on this call? And it's not part of the 30 minutes. And then I go, okay, I'm going to push a button. We're going to spend 30 minutes and we're going to workshop the crap out of your question. And we're going to come out with actionable results at the end that are going to benefit you. Because that's the whole point of the phone call. And then we go, right. What are we solving? Well, Steve, I need to launch this business. Okay, have you started this? Have you exhausted this? What are you doing here? And we drill it. I'm not kidding you. I come out of those 30 minutes. I'm tired <laughs> because we've exhausted a 30-minute mind melt on how to save you two years. 
and I've done this on speaking projects, how to become a paid speaker, how to land a contract, how to write a contract, how to do marketing, how to do social marketing, how to build up a personal brand, all of those things. And it's really in-depth, fast, and powerful. And people go on to make very good money and very good changes with it. Yeah, and, and I was going to say too, the $750, it kind of weeds out the people who aren't as serious about their question or their idea. And that's correct. You actually, you see, the first thing is, before you ask someone else to value your time, you have to. Right. Now, if you've got something, here's the point. And I'm, I'm going to sound like a prick here. 750 bucks is not going to make any difference to my lifestyle. Okay? It's not going to change my mortgage payments. It's not going to, you know, I'm fine. Okay, but it's your mind change, right? You're now going, well, okay, then, you know, I, I need to pay attention. If I'm going to spend this money, I need to pay attention. I need, here's a daft thing. I need to have a need. I need to really have something that can be solved in order for this to be worthwhile. So you get a different mindset of people. But the first thing you've got to do is value your time, value you, Work out what are your skill sets? What problems can you solve? And then when someone says to you, hey, do you have a free minute? No, I don't. I have them at about 750 for 30 of them. So when would you like to do this? I have people contact me going, hey, Steve, I've got something to chat with you. Do you have 10 minutes or do you have, do you have a free moment? No, I don't. None of my time is free. But in order for me to impact you, you have to value it. You have to value me. Fill this form in and let's do it. Here's something that's funny. I actually have done that for friends and friends gone up, oh, but we're friends. Yes, we are, but we need to get in the, my, the right mindset to do that. So, you know, if I'm a great car mechanic and I can fix your car, why should I spend an hour of my Saturday doing it for you? You know, right. if it's a little bit of tinkering, hey, that's fine, you know, but you've really got to value your time in order for others to do the same. I agree with that 100%. And, and I love the transition we're about to make because the point you're at now, charging $750 for 30 minutes, I'm sure, you know, 10 years ago, you were thinking there's no way that's going to happen. Or even 20, 30 years ago when you first started all of this. And this yeah. podcast is predicated on personal finance. And it started as me and my wife's journey, getting out of debt, reaching financial freedom, talking about our successes, our struggles. Because along that journey to where you actually want to be, you incur a lot of struggles. Yep. So along this journey to where you're at today from where you started, what's been the biggest struggle, you know, financially or just lack of access that you've overcame? Oh my God. Um, it's not over the past years. It's over the past weeks. Any entrepreneur is constantly striving for perfection. And as I always say, perfection is like a unicorn. It doesn't exist, but we're constantly tweaking, editing, moving, and challenging. So every week, every week I plan something and it doesn't go to plan. Why doesn't it go to plan? Because I'm constantly pushing. The academia, when I took over a museum in Florence, the client didn't ask me to get Andrea Bocelli. I pushed for it and I got very lucky. I didn't expect to get the most famous Italian singer <laughs> to say yes to me, but do you know how amazingly lucky you get the more times you try? So, I'm constantly trying. I've been busting on my ass more times than I can count. The beautiful thing about having no money, making money, and losing money is that you can recall how you made money. 
Now, here's the funny thing. When you're 17 and 18 years old and you owe someone 50 bucks, that's a major stress. Right. You know? I owe people now $500,000 and I'm like, ah, well, I'll do this, I'll do this, and I'll get it to you by Tuesday at 3 o'clock. You know how to do it. So there is this superpower that comes onto you that you can only gain from falling on your ass. And in an entrepreneur's world, getting from A to B usually means you going via XYZ and going through the rest of the alphabet before you get to B. It's not a straight line. It's not a reliable route. But it's those steps, those scars, those mistakes that actually give you that superpower. And it's like an elastic band. When you're trying to go for 100 grand, you remember what it was like when you first tried to go for $100,000 and you thought, the second I hit that amount of money, I am rich. My, the world's always going to be blue and everything's great. Bottom line of it is, you get to it and then you go, okay, I'm here. I can see a million. It's mm. just on the edge of the other hill now. I'm gonna, and you forget the hundred grand, and you constantly keep pushing. If you don't, you become stagnant and you die. So, rejoice in your failures and try to get them, and fail up often. Yeah. So I'm currently reading "Think and Grow Rich." I just finished a chapter about desire, saying you literally have to have a burning desire for everything you want because that is going to inevitably allow you to accept the failures and struggles that come along the way. Oh, yeah, you've got to rejoice. And these are your medals. Mm -hmm. These are your, your, your proud moments. You know, I teach my kids, when you fall over and something failed, you go, okay, great. It didn't all fail, but one moment in it created a failure. So find that moment, eliminate it, and then do everything you did to get yourself into the position of that failure, but don't do that. Do something different. Do you know what tends to happen? You fail again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know out of everything you've done i've done contracts and i've gone into negotiations and i've come out and i've lost the deal and i've gone shit i got in the room i needed to be i got to speak to people i needed to speak to everything was great until what point was it not and that's the education 100 I, I think that people hit that first struggle hit that first failure and quit because they don't want to get back up and I think that's a big issue in our society nowadays because I think people want things now and it's caused a big issue with the progression that's coming with society down the road. You know, I think failure is such a pivotal part of people's success nowadays because I mean, think about like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or any of these billionaires, they didn't succeed from the beginning. I've got a story for you for Elon Musk that sums it up absolutely perfectly. Um, I was walking with him through SpaceX down in Hawthorne and I had a couple of clients with me that wanted to meet Elon Musk. And one of them was, was gagging like an idiot to try and have a conversation with Elon. And he turned around and came up with the dumbest statement. He asked about how he felt with NASA constantly ridiculing him with his idea of getting into the space world, space industry. And now they're his biggest climb. And Elon turned around and answered. He said, they'll always laugh at you before they applaud. And that was all the Elon's. And I, damn, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's stupid two seconds before it's genius. Yep. And you've just got to get over that hump and realize it. And there's so many people that I know that are incredibly good at what they've done, but it was ridiculous until it wasn't. Because right. it's, that, it's, that, it's that moonshot 
gold that they've got that everyone sits there going, you can't do, you can't do that, you can't, that can't be possible. And they're the naysayers in your world. Don't pay attention to them. Use them as fuel to challenge you to get it. Well, they always say it's impossible until it's been done. I often say that. It's, yeah. well, I say it differently. I say it's impossible until I've done it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, exactly. If young entrepreneurs would take this information and just know, like even I have to, if I have to fail for 10 years to make it, I'm willing to do that. But you're not like failing. I said, no, you're, let's, let's you're taking that step up. and steps forward. Bingo. You're educating yourself. You're mm-hmm. learning. I've gone in and I've done deals and I've walked out and I've lost half a million bucks, you know, and I've gone, crap, what did that education just give me? Right. And I just paid half a million bucks to know how to write a contract, to know how to negotiate with an agent, to know how to get the leverage rights and the recurring rights and the re- renewals. You learn all of these things. You know, if you want to... If you want to drive a car, you pay for driving lessons. If you want to learn to speak French, you know, you buy French lessons. If you want to go to high school and get a degree, you pay for education. That's what you're doing now. Every time you fall over and screw up, you've just paid for that education. So yep. we live it like that. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Bezos has said before he's made billions of dollars of mistakes to be where he's at today financially. 100%. 100%. No one fell to the top of the hill. Mm-mm, no. And, and I think that's true with a lot of people in success today. And that's what I want to empower people through my podcast is there's so many struggles along the way. And you're a really interesting figure because you like talking about the struggles, but not everybody does. And I think people need to embrace their struggles, embrace their failures, because that is what gets you to the top. The struggles are the most colorful parts. Exactly. You know? It's like whenever you watch a bloody movie and there's a villain in it, nine times out of ten, the villain's the better character. <laughs> so whenever things go wrong, and more things go wrong than go right, they are the colorful stories. They're kind of like, oh, my God, I was, you know, I couldn't afford a bus, so I had to walk to that meeting. And when I got there, you know, I'd ripped my pants, so I couldn't sit down and or I couldn't stand... Those are the colorful stories. Those are the scars. The greatest stories are the ones when they got the scars. They're not the case of, I made a million bucks. It's the, how did you make a million bucks? Right. How did you lose four million bucks to make that million bucks? You know, those are the stories I like. Yeah, I think those are the most empowering stories. So I want to end the episode asking five just rapid fire questions that I have nothing to do with the podcast at all. It's just a fun way to end and then we'll get wrapped up completely. So Question number one, would you rather have three feet or three hands? Three feet. Would you rather lose the sense of taste or the sense of smell? Ooh, uh, God, that's tough. Uh, Smell. Would you rather be able to freeze time or travel through time? Uh, If I could uh, travel. Would you rather be stranded in a jungle or stranded in a desert? Jungle. And this is the last one. What's your most valuable asset, yourself or your time? Myself. Why is that? Because I get to do things. Uh, my time, yeah, it, it's myself. It's my ability to have a greater I can than an IQ. I can be much more imaginative with what I can achieve even though sometimes that's ignorant to what I can achieve, but <laughs> ignorance has always been my superpower. I love it, Steve. I love it. So where can my audience find you on social media? Oh God. Um, Steve D Sims, S I M S 
I'm on Instagram, just opened up a TikTok, playing around with that at a moment. Um, An Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve Sims is my Facebook community. And I'm at stevedsims.com, which is the website. So I'm easy to find. Awesome. Guys, reach out to Steve, follow him, let him know what you thought of the episode. And Steve, appreciate your time, man. All the best, pal. Look after yourself. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I'm posting episodes every day in January at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.